0: in Colorado who would refuse to make a wedding cake for the gay couple went all the way to the Supreme Court wait, now he's back in court because he wouldn't bake a cake for a couple celebrating or somebody celebrating gender transition I got a couple of questions one, is there only one bakery in Colorado? (laughs) and also, I see a big business opportunity here I'm going to move to Grand Junction, Colorado, and open a store called Bang Whoever You Want Cakes. All right. <laughs> Thank you
1: very much. You know, he makes a decent point that I think much of America is asked. Why don't you basically, why don't you go to a different baker? You want know, you want to make a political point, obviously. So is that actually going to end up being a court case now? I'm going to do it again. All right. Gakes. Gakes in the news. Uh, I want to alert you to a book that is out. Maybe we'll talk to the author. It's heavy. I don't know if I I don't know if I have what it takes right now in my life to 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 read this. It's called The Fighters. Gut wrenching description of battles in the Middle East from a guy who was a soldier and is now a journalist. And it is I've I've read chunks of it and it's really good, really compelling. And it might be the book, at least in terms of battlefield. Uh, you know, uh, actual fighting descriptions, it might be the book that comes out of this whole 20-year period of Afghanistan and Iraq, and it's um, it's something. And a, a lot of the theme is, and I didn't get the overwhelming sense that this guy was some sort of anti-America, anti-Bush or anything like that, because he served under Obama while he was fighting also. Just the overwhelming impression is oh, so many of these soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan not understanding what we're trying to accomplish. And well, neither do I. And I read I read about it and talk to people all the time about it.
2: Well, yeah, and we've received dozens and dozens of personal accounts that say the same thing. I didn't know that hell what we were trying to accomplish over there. Right. Our guys who've come home and get the news updates from the areas that they fought so bitterly to control for six months are now... Thoroughly back in the hands of the tally, man, et
1: But Anyway, that I might give it a look. Like I said, I don't know if I got it in me to, to read gut-wrenching right now, but The Fighters is the name of the book if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, one other article in the New York Times that caught my attention over the weekend just because I thought this was hilarious. It gives you an idea how far off East Coast media can be about what's going on on the West Coast. The headline was, What Makes California Politics So Special? <laughs> Democrats and Republicans have held to a bipartisan legacy that offers a startling point to govern a vast, diverse nation-state. It's how Republicans and Democrats work together. What? In one of the most diverse places in America. We have a functional government here in California, Arnold Schwarzenegger said, where Democrats and Republicans work together. What well, a load of crap. That's just not the case. It's a. It's an entirely one-party state at this point. There's not a single Republican holding elected office, correct? A uh, state statewide right yeah it
2: is an utterly
1: utterly corrupt
2: one-party system um and completely dysfunctional does the eastern media not notice that there's a, a ballot prop to break up the state every time there's an election that that commentators honest commentators on both sides of the aisle Say, it's ungovernable. The state is
1: ungovernable. Or that California's in a race with Illinois to become the first state to go insolvent. Yeah. And then we're going to have to decide, as a country, do we bail out states? Which is going to be uh, quite the thing. You got Gavin Newsom, the the liberal Sacramento Bee,
2: says, you listen to his schemes, and how in the hell is he going to pay for this stuff? That's the Sacramento Bee saying that. So, yeah. I remember when Arnold was in office and uh, we would get uh, these glowing accounts of how swimmingly it's going um, from the Eastern media. Because I think a lot of people in the Eastern media, they're lefties and they they long for the days uh, or they, they, they dream of the days where Republicans are actually kind of moderate Democrats, really. And then there aren't any conservatives and and they think that's just a wonderful thing. And talking about Arnold. Arnold was so completely ineffective. It was ridiculous. He, uh, he overstepped. He got spanked. And then he quit.
1: Well, he's a uh, son of a bitch. Yeah. Bring it, old man. He's handled it well because he regularly ends up on roundtable discussions about here's an example of someone who knows how to govern on both sides of the aisle. And blah, right. blah, blah, blah. Well, that's it. listen, everybody
2: likes a reformed the other thing. You know, your David Frums, your, your conservatives who now are criticizing Trump, my God, they, they, they roll out the caviar and the, the prime beef for them on MSNBC and CNN. There's nothing better. One of the reasons, I admit, I was super enthused about Christopher Hitchens, was he was a really smart guy who kind of came over my way. Somebody went the other way, I don't want to hear a damn word out of him. <laughs> so yeah, they, they love Arnold.
1: A and of, a final crap. A final note uh, came across this article in the New York Times that I really liked. Kids should do chores according to a study. Um, I have my quibble with it as usual. That's my job, quibbling about studies. He's a quibbler. Done over a period of 25 years, found that the best predictor, the best predictor for young adult success in their mid-20s. Well, that will get my attention in time, because... I'd really like my children to be successful in their Mm mid-20s. The best predictor was whether they participated in household tasks at an early age. Those early shared responsibilities extended to a sense of responsibility in other areas of their lives. My quibble would be is the kind of family that's going to have their kids doing chores early on probably has a million other things that they do. Right. That are in common with other families. It's part of the culture. It's yeah. part of the culture of... Yeah, yeah. We, we should have had our kids do more. I'll, I'll grant you that now. I I'll just, tell you what the downside is, as as uh, I've been trying to have my kids do them for quite a while. I can guess, but go ahead. Yeah. They don't do a very good job. Yeah. <laughs> if you actually want the dishes clean... Having a five-year-old clean the dishes, it might be good for them, but you're going to have to rewash them later. They're just not good at it. Right. Yeah, but there's that. (laughs) There's that,
2: and this is, you know, this is what you have to overcome. It's not a good excuse. You have to be the bad guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. You you have to give the order. You have to oversee. You have to figure out whether it's been done well or not. Then you have to crack the whip, et cetera, et cetera. And you do absolutely have to do plenty of that as a parent. But sometimes
1: you think, oh, for God's sake, I'm you not sure I really want to. You feel like a real buzzkill. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as my six-year-old regularly says, do I have to do everything around here? <laughs> every time I tell them to do anything. Hire
0: a maid. <laughs> yeah.
1: So oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, I had the kids washing the dishes, what they really enjoyed. I mean, and I was excited when I got home, yeah. and Laura talked about how they'd both done uh, a, a ton of dishes, and they they, that, this is fun. We want to do it every day. I'm sure, oh, that's saucy, awesome. warm water. And well, I don't have to do it, and then... Everything is crusted with food and crap. I don't know what they did. Mowing the lawn. I got Sam mowing the lawn on the weekends. And it's good. It's good for him. I, I, I You know, this is a terrible way to put it, but it's true. I like him doing something he hates mm. because he does stuff he loves all day long. He needs to do some things he doesn't like. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just think it's good. But so I'm glad he's doing some things he hates. Yeah. Um. But uh, but he's he's getting better at mowing the lawn. But there's an awful lot of and it's it's as much work or more to m- monitor him watching the lawn <laughs> than if I just mow the lawn myself. Oh yeah. That's what I have to get around.
2: Well, oh, that's at. way easier. It's way easier to do it yourself. Yeah. But it's bad parenting. Anyway, that's what that study says. Oh hey, my big kid starts a new job today.
1: That's really good news. Uh anyway my happy. my niece did I mention on this year I don't remember or not my niece got a job working at a restaurant she'll be a junior starting this week I think in high school but she worked all summer at a restaurant was working like 35 hours a week and she is a completely different person than she was before wow. she had that job wow noticeably different just like difference between a kid and an adult in one summer of wow. working 35 hours a week at a job how interesting oh uh, it was really striking yeah and and not surprising but yeah, I thought that was really something. Yeah, yeah. Well, good for her. And and hearing somebody that's, you know, a teenager talking about uh, either bad bosses or good bosses or lazy other employees that may, they have to do more work. I mean, those, those are all really good lessons. Yes, they are. <laughs>
2: for, for, for lots of reasons. Not everybody is honorable and trying as hard as they can. Some people are losers, dopes, dopers, lazy, you know
1: invent resentments. You have to take directions from people you think are morons. That's just part of life. Yeah. (laughs) So, not always, but sometimes. We all know that. Oh yeah, and as has been said by
2: wiser sages than ourselves, everybody ought to have to spend six months in food service or retail or both to make them understand
1: humanity better. Bump up against the public.
2: Exactly. Make you a more patient
1: person. So everybody needs to travel the country to see more parts of it and different exactly. people. That's right. And you need to work with the public.
2: Mandatory. The first, the, land one, the, free.
1: the first one, I think, will make you feel better about people. Oh, 100%. The second one's going to make you worse, feel worse about people. Pretty much. Yeah. But that's realism. Hmm. Yeah. You, yeah. you want to know what it is. Which direction do you want to go on a Monday? Let's see. I live northeast of here, so... I say that you always um, your mind immediately goes to going home. We
2: made a mention last week of how the little league world series pretty much depends on whether you have one or two overdeveloped kids on your team, right? Well,
1: uh, I've got an example for you. You're not going to believe it. If you have a man child, you will win. Oh, stay tuned for this one. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty show,
2: Armstrong and Getty, the conscience of the nation.
1: We played the Bill Maher made a joke about that uh, bakery in Colorado that now a transgender has shown up and wanted a cake and uh, the guy wouldn't make it, I guess, and it's become a court case. So is that actually going to be another court case with the same freaking baker?
2: Yeah, this is so blatant and egregious. I have the complete story here somewhere, but on the very day the Supreme Court agreed to hear the case, a transgender activist attorney shows up and demands a, I'm happy to be transgender cake. And when the guy declines to make it, and, you know, God, if I'd had a little warning, I could have the specific wording. This uh, uh, activist attorney puts out a statement. I was stunned. I was shocked when he declined to make it. (laughs) You were there on the day of the Supreme Court decision precisely to start another case. And the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, or whatever they call themselves, which is so blatantly anti this guy in his beliefs said yeah yeah we'll take that we'll take that yeah we'll prosecute it so they went after the baker again it's just it's incredible
1: well bill maher's only punchline was isn't there another bakery in colorado
2: yeah but um oh yeah here it is <clears throat> yeah um well i think we summarized it but yeah. uh, they asked what i wanted to look uh, cake to look like it'd be my seventh anniversary of transition from male to female it told me they will not bake the, make the cake based on their religious beliefs. I was stunned and asked for the woman's name. The phone was disconnected.
1: Oh, please. Please. So uh, back to the article, because I left out an important part of the article in the New York Times I thought was good. Talking about a study says chores for kids is, is good for them and that uh, it's a great predictor of success in your 20s. Like I said, I'm thinking families that have their kids doing chores at a young age have all kinds of other dynamics involved that you know contribute to that also. it's not just the chores mm-hmm. at least that makes sense to me. Got a text backing up what I said about my niece who 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 seemed like a different person after you know like one summer of having a full-time job. My son worked all summer full time at a feed store, and we were just saying the same thing. We watched him grow before our very eyes. That's really interesting, yeah. Um, but for this study, eighty-two percent of uh, people they surveyed—they surveyed a they surveyed thousand Americans about chores. Seventy-five percent said they believed chores made kids more responsible. Sixty-three percent said chores made, taught kids valuable lessons. But here's the important part: eighty-two percent reported having done chores themselves growing up. Only fifty-six percent with children said they had their own kids do chores. Wow! So you got. A twenty five percent gap of people who did chores as a kid that don't have their kids do chores. Wow. So that's that's pretty interesting. Wow,
2: I would like to hear more on that. The great thinkers of our time. I mean, that's a gigantic sociological change, and all sociological change yields results, good or bad.
1: It's the it's that saying that I can't memorize that that you takes one to know one. Takes one to know one. No, it's not that saying. It's the hard times make
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Hard times make strong people. Strong people make successful societies. Successful societies make for good times. Good times make for weak people. Yeah. And weak people make for hard times.
1: When I was a kid... Or
2: something like that. You get my point.
1: Not as much my family... but I I, I went over to a... I did a a sleepover. My son has a sleepover this weekend with his uh, friend. Last one. Because school starts next Wednesday. So it's his last opportunity to sleepover with his best friend. Um... There's no sweeter summer night than those that come just before school starts again. He's eight, and he told me yesterday, he said, don't call it a sleepover. Call it an, call it an extended play date because we're not going to do any sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> we're staying up all night. Wow. They plan to watch both Harry Potter movies. Oh! Well, last time they stayed up till three. There are eight of them. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Anywho, um. Where was I going? Oh, I did a sleepover with a friend when I was a a kid, and uh, it was in Wisconsin, and a lot of the kids I went to school with uh, lived on milk farms. And we got up on a school day. We got up at four o'clock in the morning, pitch black outside, of course, and did like an hour and a half's worth of work before breakfast and then getting on the bus to go to school. Wow. And that wasn't, his parents weren't doing that because studies show that kids that do chores are successful in their 20s they were doing it because he needed all the help from the children to get the work done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a difference there too. I mean, the, the 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 percentage of people that grew up doing chores, how many of them were doing it because that's what the family needed to survive as opposed to I'm coming up with chores for my kids cuz I think it's good for them. Right. That's a different thing. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: There's there's definitely an aspect of that, you know, chain of, of progression slash or that cycle of societies. Mm-hmm. We we'll call it that. There's definitely an element of that that 's purely from necessity, sure and and unavoidable. You can try to you know mitigate the negative effects on your kids you're affluent you don 't need them to do anything, but you 're going to have them do stuff because you know that 's important. You can probably buy another generation or two of good solid character,
1: but, but no I hear you, but the big chunk of people that did chores as a kid but don 't and think they 're a good idea but don 't have their kids do chores. My, I ran around all over the place by myself, played all the time as a kid. My kids don't do that. And I and I think it's good. I think it's good that I got to do that, yet my kids don't do that. Yeah. So I'm like the people with the chores. A bad person. Exactly. Just a bad person. Glad you saved me saying it. <laughs> Anyway, do whatever you want. See how it works out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll right. do the same.
2: Or write us an impassioned email about it. Oh, speaking of children, so this is this is something else. Uh, Owen sent us this. Oh, he signs off Owen. You know, his name is Owen. His last name is T-U-2. Owen (laughs) 2. Hello. That's hilarious. His actual name is Tim. We were talking about whoever uh, wins the Little League League World Series usually has a pitcher or two who's matured earlier than the rest of the players. Well, have you seen one of the pitchers for the team from Spain? Ronald Viscaino of Spain, twelve years old, six foot one, two hundred and forty-eight
1: pounds. 6'1", 248. And yeah. he's how old? Twelve. When I was twelve Take a look at that picture. When I was twelve, I would guess I weighed seventy-five pounds. Yeah. Take a look at him. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That team is going to do better than every other team. Yeah. That is look at that, Sean. That's a grown man.
2: Look at the picture of him next to the shortstop for the other team. It looks like a father-son
1: game. He's making hotel reservations
3: for the rest of the...
1: He's got the credit card that they can use for to get the deposits on the hotels they're staying at. Of course, at. he can't stay in his room because his kids need to sleep there. Yeah. That's a giant.
2: How many times did our plucky youngsters lose to Venezuelan adults? You know? <laughs> Through the years <laughs> at the little league world series the guy is a grown man <laughs> he's 6'1 248
1: he puts now this is a tweet um someday they'll come up with a testosterone maturity test or something and they'll start organizing sports based on that and everybody will look back on the previous era and say you mean you used to let all the 14 year olds play together even if one was a grown man and one was a child oh yeah you just went on age not to tes- not maturity See, I don't know if this
2: is legit. They show a guy who looks an awful lot like him with a beard, and then this guy, but they say, 8th grade, 12 years old, 6'1", 248, puts up
1: 225 pounds for 20 reps. I never knew a kid that could do that, but there were a lot of kids that could uh, that had facial hair in 8th grade. I wasn't one of them, but... Anyway, Owen 2 Hello. Hello. That is a that's a heck of a kid
3: there. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Now well, Trump's war words with the former CIA director Brennan not letting up this morning, and the drastic way more and more Americans are trying to cover their health care costs. Mm.
1: Well, you go to you go to somebody's garage and you pay cash. That's how you do it. News next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. There's a documentary coming out next week that's going to get a ton of media attention. I don't know how many humans will actually watch it, but it's um, uh, trying to connect dots between Trump and Russia over many, many years. Uh, We're going to talk about that more coming up. It's going to get a tremendous amount of attention, oh, regardless please. of what you think of it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so stay tuned. Right now, news with Marshall Phillips.
3: Well, meanwhile, President Trump's war awards with former CIA Director John Brennan shows no signs of letting up. In tweets this morning, the president said, I hope John Brennan, the worst CIA director in our country's history, goes ahead and brings a lawsuit. It'll
1: oh, God, why do you respond to this crap?
3: It'll then be very easy to get all of his records, texts, emails, and documents to show not only the poor job he did, but how he was involved with the Mueller-rigged witch hunt, he won't sue! Exclamation point. Trump also going on to argue everybody wants to keep their security clearance. It's worth great prestige and big dollars, even board seats, and that is why certain people are coming forward to protect Brennan. It's- yeah, Chris
1: Christie mentioned uh, yesterday on one of the shows, the, the board seats. You get on all kinds of boards by having a security clearance. Oh, really? That you yeah. wouldn't get on Did without it. It's just a thing.
2: So listen, I have been trying to uh, uh, prevent being drawn into this carnival of stupid. This whole uh, this whole round and round back and forth It's just packed full of dumb. But I will tell you this. <laughs>
1: It's full of dumb.
2: <laughs> this uh, Admiral Bill McRaven, uh, SEAL's commander, he commanded the raid that killed bin Laden, etc. etc. His opinion piece in the WAPO, talking about, I know John Brennan. He is a man of unparall- unparalleled integrity, honesty, and character. A point, apparently, he forgot the go-around where John Brennan lied to Congress about improperly spying on U.S. Senate staffers. Lied under oath in front of him, then had to apologize later for it. Uh, hearings, tense meetings, people on both sides of the aisle condemning him. Um, yeah, McClatchy reporting CIA got hold of the illegally protected email and other unspecified communications between whistleblower officials and lawmakers this spring. It's unclear how the agency obtained the material, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then he was dragged in front of the Senate, lied, and had to admit it later. He apologized, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, li- Listen. No matter how you come down on this thing, let's not be portraying this guy as some, you know, Christ character, because he's not.
3: Meanwhile, you got the former Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman Admiral Mike Mullins saying Trump is creating enemies reminiscent of McCarthyism. He was on Fox News Sunday, Mullins saying he believes Trump has the authority to pull a security clearance from Brennan, but his doing so is incredibly problematic. That the nation's leader is threatening to pull security clearances from other top officials, he said is a sign he's creating a list of political enemies.
0: Well, I mean, one of the things for somebody uh, uh, of my age, it immediately uh, brings back the whole concept of the enemies list for, uh, you know, under President Nixon.
3: So he's reviving the Nixon enemies
1: list. Well, as Joe was saying last week, you can't... There's no dots to connect with Trump and, and Brennan's security clearance other than this will make him mad. I mean, there's no... There's no, he, he hasn't come forward with a justification for it, really, other than well, I don't like this guy, so well, I'm going to do unstable. something that'll piss him off.
2: He's crazy and unstable. True, because that. that is one of the legit reasons you can re- revoke somebody's. Yeah, he's security. making that argument. Yeah, I, I think he just really, really dislikes Trump and is going over the top. Right. But. Again, you sucked me into it again.
3: Turns out more and more people are apparently using crowdfunding as an option to pay their medical bills. According to the GoFundMe CEO, one in three GoFundMe campaigns now is to help cover the cost of treatments. According to GoFundMe, they don't want to be a substitute for a proper health care system. And despite the progress, they say with the Affordable Care Act, there are ever widening gaps in coverage for treatment and related health care costs. However, uh, while GoFundMe can provide critical help to people facing health care crisis, we do not aim to be a substitute social no, safety nobody, net. Nobody
2: thinks you do. Just be quiet and do what you do. No, yeah. You don't have to take a position on this stuff.
3: And we got a new best-selling album of all time. I just heard that. I just yes. got a text about that. That is interesting. Yes. The Eagles' greatest hits album has gone past Michael Jackson's thriller. To become history's best-selling album me? of all time, I thought that
1: I thought that the was kind
3: of interesting country twang crap. So yes. does, I wonder if that
1: does that mean as a um, the great test of all art, the test of time? Yes. Do, does the Eagles' music have more legs than Michael Jackson's music? Or do the history? Living Eagles just keep touring. And playing shows. And they have an advantage over Michael yeah. Jackson being dead. What's that? Ah, yes,
2: yes, exactly.
1: Yes, They made it up. No,
2: it's true, Michael. So, yeah, I just think they keep playing shows and pretty good shows from what I understand. Ooh.
1: Although, where are you going to hear Michael Jackson songs even without the shows? Eagles music on classic rock stations all over the place. Are there stations that play Michael Jackson music? I never Old hear it. Old school
3: R&B Does stations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They don't want to give me credit for anything. I know, Michael. Yeah, their greatest hits, 1971 to 1975, now certified 38 times platinum. God, Sales and streams reaching 38 million it's copies. 45-year-old music. Yes. That's wild. Yes, and it is still selling like mad. Now, <laughs> that's like... <laughs> Come on now, good stuff. That's your <laughs> news. i Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
2: Michael didn't see the stop sign took a turn for the worse <laughs> trying to grab some eagles. stuff.
1: <laughs> yes trying to grab some eagles took me a long time to figure
2: out the Hotel California was a metaphor I thought it was an actual lodging establishment thought my god who would go there <laughs> 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 if only help were around back in the day <laughs> you try to get a little wine the nightman mocks you you got the uh, boys with steely knives running
1: around it's a nightmare so, is there a uh, pool they don't make that clear an anti-Trump documentary coming out that you're going to hear a lot about. And Bill Maher arguing with the dude on his show about it. It's kind of interesting. Take our turn toward that in a moment. All right. All right. Can you hit us with life in the fast lane when you come back? Something a little more rocky. More rock and roll from the Eagles. Some people complain about how wussy some of their songs are. Even though I like the wussy Eagles song. I really do. Is that right, sweetheart? Yeah, but I've been riding these fences for so long. Oh, you are listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Armstrong and Getty,
1: the
2: conscience of the nation.
1: This is a cool song. Is the Cautionary this, Tale. Is this on Greatest Hits Volume 1? No, that's the question. Which is now the number one selling album of the all time. 45-year-old album. Now, wait a second. When did Hotel California come out? This might be. This might be newer than that. I don't know. Yeah. You have to look at the playlist. Anyway, yeah, no, be... I'm not in charge of you buying your Greatest Hits albums. Buy Volume 2 if it's on Volume 2. Do whatever you want. I don't care. Who is he arguing with? Anyway, this headline I just came across. Headline using my finger quotes. Kanye rolls into wedding wearing <laughs> socks and two small sandals, but they don't have a picture. I want to see the tiny little sandals and socks. I'll get you one with his suit as he walks into a wedding, and his wife barely wearing a dress at all. Well, yeah. yeah, what a lifestyle that is. Getting attention for for a living. I guess uh, you get up in the
2: morning, you take a shower, and you say, all right, got to go to work. So you put on something ridiculous, ridiculously skimpy, or just odd, and That somebody will write go an out article to button. be photographed.
1: Yeah, huh? And then you tweet a response or something, and you got to keep that churning, Trump-like, right? To um, it, it helps you somehow in the, in, the, in the currency of just being talked about, right? Which seems to do people good.
2: Yeah, and, and people like that. They, they there are people who want us to do that all the time too. You know. Okay, here's the picture. Not the words of Ricky Nelson. I'd rather drive a truck.
1: Now she's all dressed up. Uh, she, you know, she, the, you could have more material for your dress if you're showing up <sighs> to a wedding. He's That's wearing a
2: tough jacket.
1: He's wearing a decent-looking suit, but he appears to be shirtless, so he's wearing a suit jacket with no shirt. Oh yeah, and he's wearing socks and like, and like, like the kind of sandals you'd wear walking from the shower back to the locker room. Like the oversized, like, Velcro flap that goes over the top of the foot. Oh, that's like shower shoes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, those. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a guy saying, I don't care about your wedding. That's what that guy's saying. (laughs) Uh, So we got to get to this. What's the name of this documentary coming out next week? Uh, Active Measures. I just watched the trailer. It's put together in very very dramatic fashion in the way that documentaries always
0: are. (laughs) It's certainly
1: a dramatic topic to what extent the Trump campaign was working with the Russians or not, or Trump's involvement with Russians over the years. Um, And it's going to get a tremendous amount of attention when it comes out next week. The only problem I had watching the trailer, it bothers me. I know this makes me a bad person, but as Joe points out, there's lots of things that make me a bad person. Sure, I have a list. This makes me a bad person. Hillary's in the documentary, the fact that Hillary is still getting some comfort from her loss (laughs) by believing that it's because of the Russians that she lost. No, Hillary, no matter what it turns out with Trump and the Russians, you lost because people don't like you. You're a terrible candidate, candidate. remarkably bad. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's why you lost. Uh, but anyway, this is a conversation from Bill Maher on Friday night. And this, uh, I think, will be self-explanatory. Do we need to set up who the players are? Bill Maher is the first guy talking. Uh, and the response is Jonathan Swan, uh, Axios political reporter. Okay.
0: Okay, I, I watched this documentary this week called Active Measures. Yeah, no, you've seen it. It's coming out next week. I think we have the director yeah. on soon. And there's also a book out called House of Trump, House mm-hmm. of Putin, covers the same territory. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it's super obvious already. He is a Russian asset. This has been going on since the 80s. They were targeting for this. And Bob Mueller's report is just going to be what this movie and this book is. Yes, well, with, you hope with, so. With even more, it right. is. It's going.
1: That voice was somebody from the Weekly
0: Standard. He doesn't really make another appearance in the, okay. in the tape. To be foolproof, I'm not saying that's going to yeah. get him out of office, but I, it, it's pretty clear to me that he couldn't get money anywhere else because, among his other fine qualities, he's a deadbeat. <laughs> he was in with the Russian mob. For so, you know all this it, stuff, and and cut to the hookers being in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's, it's, there's a, very, there's a very good chance that this Mueller report is going to
0: disappoint you. I disagree. I, uh,
2: well, I know that uh, what you expect is this clear line between Trump and the Kremlin and that there were quid pro quos, money for this, favours delivered, you know, signed, sealed and delivered. I think there's a good chance you
0: won't get that. That it won't be such a clean document. They and They have it. That's fine. The, the no, no, Trump no, fine. Towers were uh, okay. money laundering operations for all these Russian oligarchs. Okay, let's,
1: let's stop it there. Just two things. One, I wish those kind of conversations could happen on cable news channels. I mean, you, you have two guys obviously completely disagree on this, and they're just talking. Right. Nobody's using, like, really buzzwords other than that joke, and that was designed to be funny. Right. Um, just, you know... I don't know why we can't have more conversations like that. I, I wish the with.
2: stupid crowd wasn't there. But, yeah, you know, yeah. That's just me. Um,
1: but um, I don't have any idea what's going to be in the Mueller report. Neither do you. Neither does anybody else. But that would be the least shocking to me thing at all. Not the not the the, the the working with the Russians somehow to win the election, but the the stuff that years ago, to get himself out of financial trouble, he was dealing with bad guys in Russia to get people in his buildings and get money into the country, helped out the Russians, helped out him. That wouldn't be that shocking to him. No. No. Now, whether or not that paid dividends on down the road connecting the dots, as that other guy was saying, to to something with the election, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how, if that could happen or would happen or whatever. But no, that's, part,
2: that's an entirely separate question to me. I mean, uh, unless they blackmailed him yeah, with the money laundering stuff.
1: You would be pretty hesitant to criticize a guy who has all that information on you. Yes,
2: which could explain why he's a delicate
1: dance, which could explain why he's always had such weird responses about Putin, even as
2: the administration hammers them with sanctions Mm -hmm. and way tougher treatment than Obama, which is undeniable. Yeah, yeah, there's there's probably something there. I just don't know what and to what extent it's, you know, important to the whole election collusion thing.
1: So here's something Stephanopoulos mentioned yesterday that I didn't know. And he said this is under-discussed. I'd say it is. If the Democrats take about take back the House, which is the most likely thing to happen, um, and you got all the investigations, impeachment, all that stuff, that has been talked about a lot. But the, the new chair, because if whatever power, in case you don't know this, whichever party has the most numbers out of 435, whichever party has the majority, you get to be the chair of the various committees. And when you're the chair of the committee, you get to make a lots of decisions. Um, whichever committee it is, I forget which one it is, but one of the committees would have access to Trump's records, and if they wanted to look at him, they could. His tax records? Yeah, his tax records. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Um, Would have wow. the ability to just say, okay, I want to see these, and just do it, and share it with the rest of the committee, and you know that would leak out. Right,
2: right. Yeah, they would say, well, we'll keep it secret, but then they wouldn't.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that would be interesting, no matter what. Even if there's not, you know... A deduction for hiring Russian PP hookers or whatever. I mean, he's he obviously wanted to keep those tax records secret for some reason. You can only declare half of that. They'd be super complicated. One of the hookers, because he hasn't been a college professor his whole life. He's been a businessman, so his right. his tax records would be insanely compli- complicated and all kinds of opportunities for people to take shots at him. Right, and right. Uh, so that that would be a big deal. Yeah. Um. I think the thing and I was
2: saying this during the election during the campaign as well. I think what he really fears is blows to his ego oh, his worth and, and you know the point has been made that particularly around New York, New Jersey, he was viewed as as a joke prior to The Apprentice, because the whole Atlantic City thing had been such a disaster. He had multiple casinos go broke, and the rest of it, he declared bankruptcy for the projects and all. But then NBC had this idea for a show, and as part of the spin for the show, portrayed him as this super genius businessman. And so I think that Donald, and listen, in his defense, I've known some real estate developers. One guy, he was a hell of a smart guy, I really liked him, he said, yeah, I made my first million, then I went broke. And then I made another million. This was back when a million was a lot of money. He said, then I want to get broke again, and now I'm climbing the hill for the third time. Um, He said, it's just in the nature of the business. I'd rather it it didn't work that way, but it has. Um, And again, he struck me as a really smart guy.
1: Well, there isn't anybody who believes Trump's as rich as he claims, is he? Well, right, exactly. I don't think anybody's anybody's buying that. So
2: they're going to disclose those tax returns, and turns out he's worth, I don't know, $300 $300 million. Well, the
1: Washington Post did that exhaustive story, keeping in mind that they hate Trump. Right. So and half the stories
2: they've written over the last several years have turned out not to be so much.
1: But they went through his, his business life, and their estimation was, was somewhere between $200 million and billion. Mm. If Pretty a billion. He's got a good coin. He's got a billion dollars. You're an incredibly successful guy. But if you're claiming you got 10, it doesn't sound like as much. Right. And right. we'll see Yeah
2: it's all speculative And sooner this, or later they'll come out with a report
1: This documentary is going to get a tremendous amount of attention Next week So
2: It's a mockumentary Jack A shockumentary in my opinion A crockumentary if you will I don't believe a
1: word of it I haven't seen a word of it but, uh, I'm just so sick uh, of it Come out with the damn report Yeah no kidding You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show